everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are really excited today to be talking mysteries again. It's going to be so fun. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and today I have a very special guest returning to the podcast. We have my dear old dad is here, and thank you so much, Dad, for coming on the podcast. You're welcome, Rachel, and I'm not that old. Come on. <laughs> That's right. Well, it has been a year since you came on the podcast, and it's been quite a year. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I just got my second vaccination. Made All it through right. the whole year without getting COVID. Woohoo! I know if people are asking, what was your greatest accomplishment during COVID? And that was my response. Not getting COVID yet. <laughs> yeah, I almost feel guilty. Yeah. <laughs> so what was 2020 like for you? Uh, what was the crazy experience like? Well, for me, it wasn't so different because... Most of the time, as you know, mom and I have been empty nesting, and I'm very uh, focused on outdoor physical and recreational activities that are easy to do and keeping social distance mm -hmm. distances and following, you know, guidelines and rules. So it didn't really have that much effect on my life. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I wasn't sick the entire time until just a week before I got my shot, I had a little stomach bug. Um, but you know, I overall was yeah. really healthy. That's but true. Cause you usually get a respiratory thing. Most, uh, we call it the, yeah, yield, I do. Yeah. Yuletide respiratory infection. Yeah. But <laughs> with no kids in school and having my office at home and not mm -hmm. being W2 employed anymore, kind of a semi-retirement situation, mm -hmm. it wasn't that hard for yeah. For me and for mom. Yeah. So it, how were the holidays for you this last uh, Christmas season? Well, that's the biggest difference is we didn't travel like we would have. We would have gone to one of your siblings either in Portland or mm -hmm. D.C., you know, for Christmas in all likelihood mm -hmm. and other trips as well. So that was reduced. Uh, as far as back east, it was eliminated. Mm -hmm. We still went up to... Washougal, Washington, where your oldest brother lives, Benji, but under very specific conditions. And it was driving and not flying. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so our amount of flying uh, plummeted. Mm -hmm. Do you have any films that to you are really uh, important or really uh, speak to the holidays for you that you love to watch? Well, you mean specifically for Christmas? Yeah. Like It's a Wonderful Life or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I do like It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, mm -hmm. it's always a has a lot of insight uh, and makes you contemplate what's really important. Mm -hmm. So that's probably at the top of my list. I, as you know, I'm not a huge film guy, mm -hmm. you know, so, but that one, if I were to watch one Christmas movie, uh, mm -hmm. that would be it. Yeah. That's a really good one. It's a classic. Well, so today we are talking about two of our cozy mysteries that we have on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. And we're going to talk about the latest Aurora Tea Garden movie. That was Aurora Tea Garden to Con. -a -Con. And this is the 15th Aurora Tea Garden film. And so they've had a pretty good run. And then we are going to talk about Mystery 101, Killer Timing. And this is the sixth 
of our Mystery 101. You were actually on the podcast when we covered the first Yeah, Mystery I remember because I remembered the setting and the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so let's dive in and let's talk about Aurora Tea Garden. And this, since this is your first Aurora Tea Garden that you had seen, did you find it confusing uh, diving in at this point, or did you feel like you were able to catch pretty much everything? Well, I, I thought the plot was actually really complex. It was very hard to figure out who done it. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, I can't say I figured it out during the course of the film mm-hmm. or the show, if you will. Um, so, yeah, the, I think they did a great job in creating a kind of complex narrative that led you always, they create suspicion in various characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I thought that was a real strong point of it was the, the surprise ending, if you will, who the villain really was. Well, it was cause they had sort of the side story of these loans and that all thing happening at the same time that you have, the actual murder investigation. So I think that kind of kept you a little bit. That was like a, a pretty smart way to do the red herrings. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And so they start out the real, so with Aurora Tea Garden, basically she is this librarian that loves true crime and, uh, and investigating and learning about investigations and things. And there's this whole club called the Re- real murderers club. And I personally think it it brings a lot of bad vibes <laughs> to the town because they have way too many murders in one town. Yeah, <laughs> but the the real murders club they start out this episode by talking about Sante Kimes and her son. And had you ever heard of this? Uh, this have you ever heard of Sante Kimes before? No. It's a real, real. Uh, she's a real person. Uh, Sante Kimes and her son Kenny and basically they they kind of operated sort of a Ponzi scheme and then they would murder people and to get away with things and uh, and so that was kind of the theme of the movie was the con right. of Sante Kimes okay. uh, with the uh, the with the whole mortgage uh, loan uh, plot. Right. Uh, and so I think that that was interesting. I, I, neither of these movies were as good as I hoped they would be. Uh, they, I don't know. There was just something that wasn't quite, quite as good as I wanted them to be, but they all, they both had fun moments to them. And, uh, it starts out with this, uh, man getting murdered from the past from three years past. And I thought that was a pretty chilling murder for these kinds of movies to start out with right off the bat. He's strangled like that. Yeah. You know, it was interesting because mom came in a little late Mm -hmm. and she missed that part. And I couldn't tell her what meaning it had at that point, Mm -hmm. you know, because you had that and then you left that three years later and it took quite a ways into the show before the connection was made. Mm-hmm. to that uh, incident and why it was part of that particular show. And I thought that was good because mm-hmm. it left you wondering, uh, well, why did we watch that? What does that have to do with anything? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and it got woven in later on, which I thought was effective. Yeah. And I agree. And so we have Ben and Bianca, this couple, and one of them doesn't want to move. One of them does want to move. And they're working with Aida, who's Aurora's mother. And in Mary Lou Henner, who we is a friend of the podcast. We love Mary Lou Henner. And, uh, and so they find out there's this lien on their house. And that's obviously somewhat upsetting. And uh, so what did you think about this whole idea of kind of the liens and this whole scheme that kind of un, uh, well, is uncovered? I think that given, uh, as you know, I have a law degree. And I've done a lot of real estate transactions. The odds of that happening are, <laughs> not, not <high. laughs> you know, really, really low. To be able to scam the system like that, mm-hmm. and and convince people along the way and notaries. I mean, it was kind of inter- you know. So I thought a lot of as that unfolded whether that could possibly happen, and I guess it's conceivable. Um, it certainly mm-hmm. was a more I'd say it was a more interestingly plausible twist than what happened in the second show. In the one, <laughs> you know, as yeah, far as, as far as being yeah plausible. I so, and I think they try to make it because they have the Santi Kimes element that that's trying. They try to kind of make it feel believable. Yeah, and uh, well, and and they don't really. They kind of move on qu- quick enough that you don't really have time I mean, to there, kind of- there is a company that is actively advertised on the radio to sell you some sort of insurance or locking of your title mm-hmm. so that this doesn't happen to you as though this happens on a somewhat regular basis right um so you know that just may be something i'm not familiar with is title fraud mm-hmm. that way i mean i understand the whole recording system and how you know, in this case, it probably wasn't a lien. It was a deed of trust was recorded against the property um, in favor of the loan. But that actually, I mean, I thought it was plausible enough to, to, to work for the show. Yeah. Well, and the loan they find out is in the name of Raymond Wagner. How about that? That was pretty funny. Yeah. That there were a lot of Wagners going on in both these shows, I think. (laughs) Because I think there was a character with the last name of Wagner in the first show. And the second show, I believe the, actress, the lead yeah. actress name is, her real name is Wagner, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. We have a joke uh, kind of on the podcast that she's my cousin, Jill yeah. Wagner. <laughs> and, uh, yes, uh, I know that's pretty random. I mean, of all the episodes to have uh, to have a character named Wagner for uh, for the one that uh, that two Wagners are going to be doing the breakdowns is pretty cool. I thought that was funny. And so then we have, we get introduced to this guy, Tony Galletti that uh, he's, uh, he says that, uh, that Ben has threatened him. And, uh, but then the daughter and son-in-law of Ben and Bianca, they, they think that Tony Galletti is terrible they hate him and what did you did you think at all that tony galetti was a red as was a viable option for this or did you think it was an obvious red herring you'd have to say an obvious red herring at the stage yeah. in which he's introduced right 
you know, in, in the way you're led to believe. I mean, in a show like this, it's almost got to be someone that they didn't uh, prop up as being the likely person. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's the surprise ending. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from that point of view, probably not likely. Yeah. And so then we we have the daughter and son-in-law. They don't get along with Ben. They they have this contentious relationship. And then Ben ends up getting murdered. He's he's a goner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, somebody gets murdered, they plop over, I don't know, I guess they're carted away and life just goes on and yeah. the mystery gets more exciting. You know, it's right. not like there's a lot of weeping, wailing, and gnashing of teeth when somebody right. gets murdered. That's right. And the <laughs> and and the daughter is very upset that anyone would think that the son and her husband was responsible. Right. Even though he was found with the body. I would Right. He's I, hovering <laughs> over the body like he just killed him. Right. And he says, No, that Tony did it. Uh, but Tony has an alibi. So he couldn't have done it, but they're still very skeptical. Uh, but the son-in-law didn't get along with Ben. So there's motivation. They're fighting, fighting, fighting all the time. Right. So uh, then we get introduced to this lady, Amanda Gaines. So Amanda Gaines w- w- owns a restaurant and Ben and Bianca are like investors of the restaurant and uh, she puts on this big talk of that she's super wealthy and everything like that, but it, and that she's from money, but it turns out she's not really from money. And so it's a big kind of thing. Were you skeptical about Amanda Gaines? Uh, did you, or did you think that, uh, that she was a pretty strong candidate for, for the murder? No, she seemed like a, the strongest candidate at that point, mm-hmm. you know, as her character developed, it seemed to me. Yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, she's running this whole this whole sc- scam. And so, obviously, that makes her pretty. Yeah, pretty I mean, she was, candidate. she in the end, she was, well, dead, but also partially, you know, somewhat, she was culpable. Mm-hmm. You know, she was part of the scheme, but she ended up uh, mm-hmm. paying for it. That's the right. hard way. Yeah. So you know, and then she falls over dead, and they just keep running the restaurant. Supposedly, she has done this nine times with this loan scam. Yeah. So it's very profitable for her. And so Aurora decides that she is going to con the con as the title suggests and she is going to uh she's going to try to catch amanda in her uh her uh con sting operation sting operation that's right that's right and our family fun i was talking about the reason why i call it family fun is because in the garage sale mysteries it is about a family and so that's why i got the name but this is just like extra stuff that's fun in the movie and so in this case you have aurora and nick planning their wedding <laughs> and they always make the the cake testing like some kind of oh i gotta i've got to get to the cake testing and these kind of things and i'm like that's like the best part of wedding planning right i mean 
the cake testing. <laughs> That's the one part that should be yeah should, should be a no brainer as far as I'm concerned. But uh, there's this conflict because Aida wants to have kind of a big wedding, but Aurora is feeling like oh I don't want to have so many people, uh, but doesn't want to hurt her mother, and uh, and then it's pretty cute I think with Nick saying that. Uh, all all he wants is for her to be happy and that was pretty cute i thought very adoring yeah i mean he's a (laughs) yes and uh i it was cute that he's happy with to have both of the tea garden women in his life that was cute i thought too so (laughs) he wants to make aurora and aida happy and uh, so they decide to have this whole scam, this whole con the con, the sting, and they, uh, they, Aida, being the real estate attorney, she has the, uh, the real estate agent, she has the loan information, uh, but because the file is corrupted, so she has the hard copies, and uh, Aida is attacked. So that was pretty, <laughs> pretty shocking. I mean, pretty, yeah. yeah. And she ends up in the hospital and everything. Uh, so, yeah, that was pretty strong. I, Aida has been attacked several times, but never, I don't think, in the hospital. I mean, I thought they would kill her, but they yeah, because everybody's close. getting murdered. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was pretty close, but she made it. It was. Yeah. And uh, so then you have this woman, Misty Wagner, who is the wife of the person killed at the beginning of the movie and she recognizes amanda Gaines immediately and uh so they that's that adds to their sort of suspicion of uh of amanda and so they set the trap that they're going to use amanda to be their caterer and they give her social security number so that They'll ca- catch her stealing Aurora's uh, Aurora's ID. And the thing about this is that if she's if she's done this successfully nine times, she probably shouldn't do it with somebody like Aurora, who she knows is a busybody mystery detective person. <laughs> I mean, I would probably hold off on that one. Well, if you've done it nine times, you're pretty confident. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, plus, you know, it was interesting. They do pay the loans. Yeah. You know, so they must, they get a whole bunch of cash so they can easily pay the loans out of the money they got on the loan. They can make payments and they keep doing it. So they get more cash. So yeah, that's the Ponzi scheme thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We have sort of the dynamic also at the police station. Arthur is trying to figure this out. And Lynn is getting increasingly frustrated with Aurora, which I am on team Lynn because I think I would be very frustrated with Aurora (laughs) with her butting in on their actual investigation, and making things difficult. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, both of these have the same type of character, the amateur investigator that somehow gets to ride along or enter the scene and pretend, be a pretend Mm -hmm. officer. I mean, it's probably all illegal. Um, but it makes for the, sh- I mean, it's just part of the show. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> cause Lynn is frustrated too, because she's married to Arthur and Arthur was at one point involved with Aurora. And so she's kind of jealous and a little bit of Aurora, 
but she's very she's very upset she thinks this is a terrible idea the sting and one of my favorite parts of this movie though was uh was sally the her friend aurora's friend Mm -hmm. who can't tell a lie i thought she was very funny throughout the whole movie she was enjoyable yeah she was she was charming Mm -hmm. yeah and she says i'd i'd always thought i'd end up visiting you in jail someday (laughs) (laughs) which is probably accurate (laughs) um and so then they they do the sting and amanda they show up and amanda is dead and so that is somewhat shocking and but then aurora yeah, i mean but private stings you know somebody yeah. might end up dead yeah they might know? and uh and so they aurora gets the evidence though she sees what amanda was looking at as far as the loan and everything and there is a notary on there yeah and it is it is a fake notary with the name eric wise and right. this is evidently Houdini's real name. No, it was, it was, oh, no, I think it was, yeah, you're right. It was Houdini. Yeah. Real name. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was pretty clever. And this is when we, we'd met David Kotkin earlier in the, in the story at the police station. He was there. And he right. was he was at the very beginning with the he was the neighbor that that helped out Misty Wagner uh, to break down the door, and so David Kopkin, and it turns out he's the killer. Oh my god! Yeah, well, but the incredible deduction was that I think they once they realized that the one notary was actually Houdini's real name. Mm-hmm. Then they thought of, I believe, David Copperfield yeah. and looked up his real name right. and it was the same as the character. So they knew it was him. Yeah. Which, you know, that was actually pretty clever. It really was. And and they they she had already left a message on his phone. Right. And so he's coming and at the yeah. same time that they're figuring out at the library, figuring out who he is. And, uh, and so they, but they managed to get the message to Nick as well. And so Kotkin and Nick are both on their way, building up the suspense and he gets there and, uh, the Lillian is kind of in the show, the librarian Lillian, she's kind of a, she's kind of a stiff, like she's, she is, wants everything to be done a certain way. And she's doesn't really like Aurora very much. And so it, he he comes and thinks David comes and thinks that he can uh, he can hold Lillian hostage, but no surprise, Lillian is actually skilled at self defense and martial arts. Evidently, well, I mean, what happened? He came Boom. not he came not knowing that Aurora knew yeah. who he was because she found out in between. Then Lillian comes out with the photocopy from the copy machine or the printer. That and says here, I don't. You shouldn't leave your. I told you not to leave your documents on the printer, but that's the one that shows David Copperfield's real name, and he sees it and realizes suddenly that she now knows who he really is and what he's guilty of. That was really good. I mm-hmm. mean, so then he goes into defensive mode because he realizes he's about to go down. Yep. Um, and then it. Then he grabs Lillian and Lillian. 
puts up more than a good fight. Yeah, uh, it was fun. I, but, I, but then, I enjoyed... uh, is it Nick? The yeah, Nick. Nick comes... doesn't pre- put up that good of a fight. I have to say. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, he's down and out real quick. <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a professor, so maybe it's not his his greatest skill. I guess, yeah, but... <laughs> so he's kind of wimpy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but they're able to catch him in the uh, book. Yeah, I mean that was like things. the least plausible thing in the end. <laughs> I mean, to squeeze him in two stacks yeah. of books was pretty. It was. I mean, pretty... it's creative. I gotta yeah. say, but. <laughs> The likelihood of not being able to get out before your squo's too tight, yeah, is probably pretty low. Yeah, I think so. But still, it was a surprise ending to me. Um, I never guessed it was him, and so I like that. You know, it was uh, it kept you thinking and trying to figure it out, and uh, is a who done it that I couldn't figure out. So yeah, I had fun with it. It. It, I think that it could have been, it could have been a little bit better. It wasn't my favorite Aurora Tea Garden movie, uh, as far as the clues and the and everything, but but I still enjoyed it overall. It was a fun time, and so I would give this movie three out of five crowns. What about you? What do you think? Um. Well. I haven't given out a lot of crowns, so I'm not sure I'm my, maybe I give bald heads uh, <laughs> instead of crowns, but yeah, I'd give it a, I mean, compared to the other ones I've seen and I'd give it a mm-hmm. good three out of five. I'd give it a little better than that. I think mm. I'd say three and a half. If you do, right. halves. do you do halves? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Half crowns. Yes. Okay. So very good. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. They're the good fo- folks over at the bundle game. And Hardy's ass bundle listen from the creators of the countdown to Christmas Hallmark channel board game. There's now an official when calls the heart board game, test your, when calls the heart knowledge, recall your favorite show moments and celebrate season eight. This game is so much fun. Like the name four card, name your four favorite episodes of when calls the heart. Not sure if I can narrow it down to just four. Or this acted out card, Love Triangle. That's a fun one. You can have these and many other cards in this fun game, When Calls the Heart board game. You can get your game at www.thebundlegame.com. Enter code Hallmarkies Podcast for free shipping. That's that's both words, Hallmarkies Podcast, free shipping. It's really fun. All kinds of trivia and fun stuff about your favorite show. So make sure to check out the when calls the heart board game at the www.thebundlegame.com enter code hallmarkies podcast for free shipping all right well let's talk about mystery 101 so this is mystery 101 killer timing and this is our fifth of the mystery 101 movies and the plot on this one an escaped serial killer and attempt on Travis's life make their most dangerous case yet as Amy and Travis team up with his FBI agent X to find the connection before it's too late. This movie, I, I, I was pretty excited about it because the last one was the first time that Amy and Travis had actually like officially kind of gotten together and they had a kiss in the last movie. So I was pretty excited for this movie 
Um, but I felt, I felt kind of disappointed in it because for some reason, I don't know why I felt like they made Amy kind of a weak woman in this movie. Like she was so needy all the time. And, uh, and I mean, I guess in reality, if you were dealing with all these murderers and the serial killers, you would be kind of upset and needy probably, but, but <laughs> I just thought that her character was kind of weak for her and for these kinds of movies i don't know what do you think did you see any of that well i've only seen her one other one other movie yeah I actually compared to the one movie i, I thought it was cons- she was pretty consistent mm. with the previous portrayal yeah okay so she starts out with synchronicity is the word of the day this is the sante kimes of this movie this is the like thread throughout and <laughs> Big events happening at the same time. So did you think that worked as sort of a theme? Well, I understood it at the end, you know, because these two movies were completely different in one respect. And with the first movie you had really, there was only one crime involved, Mm -hmm. but all a whole bunch of possible suspects. And then as it, as it unwound or wound down, it narrowed down until you found out who the old, there actually were two people involved criminally, but mm-hmm. the one who was the mastermind and the yeah. culprit. Whereas in this one, you had ended up having a whole series of crimes with the one that you th- was being presented in the beginning as the core of the film ended up being a red herring. Right. Crime mm-hmm. and, and character. You know, but but through this process of dealing with that, uh, all these other crimes were uncovered or were re, or were engaged in through all these relationships and situations. So, um, which were all, I mean, it was not plausible in real yeah. life at all. But right. you know, it 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 made it different. So you end up having murders, convictions, attempted murders, all these things. And in the end, it had nothing to do with the original crime and drama that was presented at the beginning, which was the Wolfman killer who escaped. Yeah. Which is amazing that somebody who is, has been convicted of, I think, four murders was able to escape uh, so easily and write yeah. things on the glass and then jump into a a heating duct and find his way out. You know? Well, I guess Ted Bundy escaped successfully. So if he, could, yeah, I maybe. mean, these days, I hope we have better control over convicts than that. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, Given you know, I live in a town with a giant prison, I hope that's true. It's one thing for El Chapo to have a whole team come in and free him. It's another thing for some guy just to escape by himself. But anyway, yeah, I must say, I was hoping that that the Wolfman would be an actual character that we would kind of interact with a little bit more, but we don't ever meet, actually meet him or, or, you know, and he gets shot and dispensed with. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we get a little bit of an explanation that there, that Claire who was in the previous films has left and she's gone to Hawaii 
obviously that was just a casting thing there right. who knows she was probably yeah. in another show or something uh and so bud is uh is feeling sad and missing uh claire because they were kind of a thing and uh so that's sort of explained and there's a new uh new uh, partner for travis and uh Amy is put in charge of selecting the new Dean of her department. Right. Uh, They ask her to help with that. Even though she has a massive conflict of interest. Yes. Because she, she is super good friends with this professor named Tabitha. Right. And, uh, or Tabby as I like to say, and Tabitha is dating another professor named Joe. And uh, he is uh, a little bit awkward, maybe a little bit suspicious of him at the beginning, but not too much. You don't see too much of him, but. Well, he's the computer tech guy, right? Yes. Yeah. So she lets him at the very beginning, she lets him uh, install crash software on. He takes her laptop. She's like, yeah, go ahead. I don't need it. Which was unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. need it for days. I mean, how does she do yeah. her work? But I, I could that was survive. suspicious to me right there. from the beginning. It was very suspicious, and I agree. And so then Travis is testifying before the Wolfman, and I mean about the Wolfman, and he, and then the Wolfman escapes, as you said. Um, and so then Travis and Amy are on a little date. And there's a giant explosion. <laughs> just happens. Yeah, just so happens. The synchronicity. Just on the way to dinner, right when he walks by the house. Yeah, synchronicity. That's right. That's right. That's, <laughs> it has nothing, it turns out, nothing to do with the wolfman whatsoever. That's right. Just chance. Yeah. And so then you have this couple, the Goffs. And they are presented as they, uh, they owned the house. And... Uh, they had a son who had ALS and they uh, basically end up committing insurance fraud uh, that they were going to, uh, they had two mortgages on the house. Uh, so they left a chemical uh, on the house that I guess is easily sparked next to a yeah, I think it was on a oven. table so it's then they have to have a wood stove that's run on pellets mm-hmm. and I guess the wood stove got hot enough to or maybe they left the little door open on the wood stove so some sparks would pop out or else to generate enough heat to ignite the explosive which she uses in her science classes at the high school the explo- this other material for some other purpose well, and and but she smithereens. But she says that she's a chemistry, t- but then she's actually not. I forget which, God, which te- which subject she teaches. Which seems like a really stupid lie. Like you only lie about stuff that that is hard to figure out. Like you, if you lie about your job, like that's a Google search, and they figure that out. I mean, uh, if uh, that didn't seem like a, a smart lie to me. Well, I think they come across as this kind of endearing couple who we normally would stereotype as not not possibly capable of doing something like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, because they don't look like criminals. Right. You know, so in that way, I mean, it makes you stop and think about 
well, not all criminals, quote, look like criminals. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, and then when he reads them the book at the jail or at the, mm -hmm. uh, at the, at the uh, precinct, you know, and the gravity of what they've done comes uh, bearing down on them, you know, then you kind of feel sorry for them. Well, because supposedly they did it, it was all related to their son and their expenses yeah. of caring for him and stuff. So you kind of have this, oh, well, it's too bad they, they couldn't have figured something else out. Yeah. And I, I think it was a pretty decent red herring. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, except for the fact that the odds of him having to walk by right as the house exploded mm -hmm. uh, were ridiculous, you know. But, but I don't think they needed him to walk by that well, like, no, for their the, scheme. The, it was a red herring because the presumption was the wolf man had set it up to try and kill him somehow by blowing up mm -hmm. the house as he walked by. I mean, the wolfman. You know, he goes from Chicago to Garrison, Washington, or whatever what it's supposed to be. Yeah, really quickly, even though he's a, a, an escaped convict. At least in their minds, he was there. And uh, yeah, anyway, that's true. you know that that's so. So then it turns out the explosion was for a whole nother purpose, which was criminal in nature, which leads us to another crime being solved in the very same house. That is pretty amazing. Yeah. So, and it all kind of happened very fast. I, I, I'm not even sure how, how Travis saw thought to start looking in the wall. I'm kind of missed that, um, but it was because, well, partly be it was because there's two types, general types of drywall. There's your normal whiteboard uh -huh. that's used everywhere, and then there's a greenish, uh, kind of sage green. Uh, drywall that's used in any situation where there could be moisture. It's moisture proof, whereas regular drywall is not. And so he noticed from the peeling of the wallpaper, and they even spoke about it, like, why is that? And the, and the fire chief said, well, that's drywall for, um, you know, bathrooms and what have you, um, and it's water resistant. And he goes, well, why would it be used here? And he said, well, you know, might've been just what they had on hand to do a repair, but that, that raised his suspicions. And so then, and maybe there was something else, but that was, that was the thing that raised his suspicion as an investigator. So he mm -hmm. tore it open. Yeah. And yeah, voila. that was pretty shocking. I mean, they, you wouldn't normally have in these murder mysteries have a, like a, a body in a wall. I mean, that was, pretty, yeah. Yeah. I was like, whoa. A mummified skeletal remains, basically. Yeah. And yeah. so you have this guy, Bill Breyer, and he's breaching the caution line. He's saying, oh, I just wanted to buy the house uh, to help them out. I was trying to, you know, be nice to help the Goffs out. But he's pretty suspicious from the, from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty suspicious. He's another upstanding citizen, lawyer, retired, you know, and mm -hmm. happened to come from Chicago by chance and worked for a law firm by chance that had something to do with the Wolf Band by chance, you know. And, right. You know, so it tries to, that's a distraction, you mm -hmm. know, that there's this, that's just, these are all the synchronicities, I guess, all these amazing interwoven connections from that's right. these different, uh, you know, but mm -hmm. as you know, it turns out he's a uh, mastermind criminal too. That's right. And he it, it basically it turns out that the that it's his wife 
who is in the was his wife yes. was his wife in the wall and so he he's been wanting to get to his wife for all this time they bought the house before he could buy it or something like that and so this was he's he's hoping to be able to do this and uh, yeah, they rented the house when he committed the crime and then he mummified her and put her in the wall yeah because the house is being rented had been rented for quite a while yeah so then and, he moved out there and then his goal was to somehow get inside the wall and get the remains out and, yeah. and, and um, i i just the the whole thing there was nobody to wonder why she didn't come back from italy right exactly <laughs> no next of kin no evidently not and uh, must not have any friends either no and so travis arrests bill and then there's a shot almost misses him. So there's somebody else out there. It's not Bill. So that's kind of shocking. You have, uh, you also have some family fun in this episode, in this movie. You have obviously things between Amy and Travis. They're going on a date. They're whatever. There's lots of back and forth. And then you also have the new addition to the cast of Aaron Cahill playing Kate hit Travis's ex and ex-wife. And I do love Aaron Cahill. I actually have met her. We, uh, people that are followers of the podcast know that when she was doing a movie here in Utah, my friends over at the bubbly sesh coordinated it and they surprised me with, uh, with a, meeting whatever meet up with Aaron Cahill and it was very fun so I I do love her she's so sweet and and I and I do love Aaron I do love Jill and Chris uh Paloha as well they are so they've been so great to our podcast so I am a little bit biased to these three actors I admit but but uh what did you think of Kate as a character uh, with her kind of relationship with Travis and how she responds to Amy. How did you think that all worked? Well, you know, so the FBI never would have sent her because of a conflict of interest mm -hmm. um, from their past relationship. But uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that now you're getting too technical. Uh -huh. um, and I thought, I thought it actually, I, it was a stretch, the idea of, hey, you want to stay at my house? Uh, mm -hmm. you know, and become best friends. Um, but, but, you know, she showed a lot of empathy and sort of a magnanimous approach to the whole situation. Uh, very mature, wanted the best for him. You know, she, mm -hmm. it was sort of like a doting mother wants yeah. the best for her child. Um, you know, but yeah. given, once you accept the, the, implausibility and it's all for fun anyway of the overall story mm -hmm. um then i think the actors were i like the acting yeah and i like the setting and i like the the visuals all that i think was really good the story you just can't take it too seriously right it's like how could this actually happen in real life but once yeah. you get over that then i think it was fine and i agree i think you have to take it with a grain of salt and just kind of well yeah you say know. it's yeah. it's kind of it's a, it's entertainment of a certain sort and within that context it's fun and not just fun but compelling yeah. and i agree and so 
I enjoyed their interactions. I thought that uh, they were fun together. And uh, there are some couples that stay pretty uh, cordial and pretty close. Uh, but it, it did give you an idea of maybe why Travis is a little bit slow to make a move kind of a thing. And why, you know, it's taken these five movies to... Uh, <laughs> well, you can't make the move or the show doesn't go on. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, and so it, you got to know a little bit more about his character. Uh, so that was good. Uh, some backstory. But again, I didn't really like that. I felt that Amy was kind of, kind of always scared all the time. And she's usually not, she's not super needing Travis to protect her and, and whatever. And I felt like, I felt like she, was just not as strong as she normally is in this movie. Well, I mean, you're introducing the ex who's an FBI yeah. agent. That's true. Who's the real deal in investigations. And yeah, that's he true. deals with hardened criminals and everything too. So, so it'll be interesting to see if we see Kate again in future movies, or if this is just a one time thing. I hope that we get to see her again. Cause I, you know, I really like Aaron, but uh, what yeah. you wanted was were two alpha females. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I could have gotten nasty. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, and so then you have Joe. He comes supposedly to help Amy. Uh, but then we find out that the Wolfman has been shot. Yeah. In Chicago. It was in Chicago. Or no, somewhere? it was like up in Minnesota. Oh, okay. Two and a half hours away from it was somewhere out, like out in the woods, somewhere up mm-hmm. north of Chicago. So then Joe is the bad guy. Oh my gosh, what? Joe is the bad guy. He's bitter about uh, Amy having to make the choice of the deans uh, and giving because he wants Tabitha to go with him to Oxford or someplace. And yeah, so I'm not sure he's Oxford material, but <laughs> the, <laughs> you know, the, I don't know if you caught it. I mean, what he did, he swiped the laptop so he could send out from her email, the announcement of a different candidate having been chosen. So then, you know, he was, he had to do away with her. She had to die from unknown circumstances yeah. So that she couldn't say, I never decided that. And right. And yeah, he sends out the fake email. Yeah. And he's like, gunshots are too messy. <laughs> well, he did. Apparently, he would have been the one who did fire the shot. Yeah. But it was. It and is, they happened to be bending over to pick right. up the book when the shot came through. Yeah. So which was actually a good thing that book fell to the floor. Yeah, That's that synchronicity. Was, that was synchronicity. That's right. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's going to inject her. It's pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Amy, I did like, she kicks him in the face. <laughs> I was like, Boom. Yeah, and he recovered from that yeah. pretty well. I was surprised. I thought that was a TKO right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And then she has the iron. And she boom pushes him right. uh, in the face again with the iron, which I thought was pretty pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean the whole idea <laughs> that he would kill her to pull off the try and pull it's off the ruse is completely ridiculous. Absurd. Yeah, um, you know, but 
it's just, you know, people are killing each other all the time. Even yeah, that's in right. society, even in colleges and universities. Yeah, uh, all the time. Uh, it's it's a regular occurrence. Uh, and so then we end with a cliffhanger, which I, I was, they don't usually do these, do this in oh, the, yeah. um, in these mysteries. Uh, they have that Uncle Alistair, who was mentioned very briefly by her father, uh, her father gives her a gift uh that's from um uh that's a a souvenir from ireland i think or whatever and we find out that he's missing and so it kind of leaves you on this uh, right well that's a teaser for the next show teaser for the next one yes yeah which is and you like normally they don't do those uh so i was like oh that's interesting and uh so yeah this one i do think that they could have done more with the wolfman angle like i said i was kind of the way they had built it and sold it is this oh it's a serial killer and you know those things uh and yeah this one wasn't my favorite it's fine but i i guess i would prefer the aurora one over this one yeah i do too. um so i'd probably give this one a 2.75 well we do quarters yeah (laughs) any number you feel is fine (laughs) well for me it was not i the acting was fine everything was just the story was so well i mean it was consistent with the theme and the title say that that's true you know i just struggle when it seems so far stretched from re- removed from what could realistically happen, I have to keep yeah. saying, okay, well, it's just, that's just the show. It's not, it's not meant to be, you know, true detective story. Yeah. It's so, not like gritty realism. I'll give it a three, <laughs> a three. Very good. All right. Well, let us know if you're listening, let us know what you think. Uh, about these mysteries were you a big fan or did you not did you like them even less than us let us know in the comment section or on twitter we'd love to hear your thoughts and this was so much fun thank you so much for coming on the podcast again i i think people will really enjoy it sure you're following the podcast at hallmark's pod and hallmark's podcast all of our social media and if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We've gotten three positive reviews in the last couple of weeks. So that was so great. Thank you so much. Please, uh, please do that. And then also, if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. Uh, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. I just posted my review of, of the Zack Snyder Justice League. So if you're interested in that, check it out. I'd really appreciate it. And uh, we also have our patron group, which we are going to be having a patron watch along with paul campbell coming up this weekend it's going to be really fun and it's only two dollars a month to join the patreon we appreciate it so much we also have our merch store which has tons of fun uh we even have an aurora tea garden inspired merch uh that you can sign up for and you can check out it's we really appreciate that support at the merch store so thanks so much dad for doing this i really appreciate it and hopefully we'll have you back on again soon My pleasure. I look forward to it. Thank you. Bye, everyone.